It's Bridge Radio again, and it's a Friday. We always have um, we always have live sessions. Uh, I'm Ivan, your host, aka Hazel Soldier, and today's topic it's LGBT. Um, uh, we want to talk about discrimination and prejudice against um, against LGBT people. Now. Now um, I'm joined with people from LGBT Asylum Denmark, and uh, another people from from Cute P Park. <laughs> it's difficult to say. I'm yeah. sorry. Cute, cute P Park. Yeah. Cutie P Park. It's Thank Cutie P Park. <laughs> cutie P Park. You know. Yeah. Um, we just have to. We want to get settled in and. We will. We will begin um, again. I'm Ivan, and you can listen to us at the at our website at www.thebridgeradio.dk, and then you can follow us on Facebook at the Bridge Radio, and you're welcome to tell us about how our show is going on. Um, but before we go any further, we want to introduce QDP Park. Yeah, um, can you just tell us a little bit about QDP Park? So uh, QDB Park stands for Queer, Trans and Intersex uh, Black and People of Color. Um, the festival is um, going to be here in Copenhagen for the first year. It's the third year of the, f- of the festival. And it's a place where we try to create community and meet each other. So it's, it's a festival that is created by and for um, LGBTQ people of color. Um, and yeah, we do closer <laughs> we do uh, workshops and dance classes we do community kitchens and uh, all kinds of film screenings all kinds of all kinds of events if, if someone wanted to join mm-hmm. a, um, your, your group mm-hmm. yeah, how does how does he do that the organizing group or the festival you mean okay so you have two different mm-hmm. Okay, so so uh, we are a group of seven people right now that are organizing that are based between Copenhagen and and Malmo, um, seven eight people and um, and we're trying to organize this festival where we expect for around two hundred and fifty to two hundred people to to pass through the festival during the weekend in July, um, so. Um, the festival is going to be the 21st to the 20 21st to the 24th of July it's a weekend the end of July and and like queer uh, lgbtq people of color black and people of color are wor- welcome to the festival so yeah if you want to join just come by <laughs> All right. um 
where do they find you again? We, uh, oof, good question. That is, um, we're, we're working on our homepage that was unfortunately, yeah, disappeared into something <laughs> cyberspace. <laughs> But uh, so we have a Facebook page right now that is called QDB Park. Okay. festival and, and someone just just joins or is it is it like a page or a group there there's both there's a group for for uh, kind of the the big community um, yeah. um that's spread around the like big parts of the world and then there's a page where we kind of advertise the festival and yeah yeah um, mm -hmm. um we wanna you didn't tell us your name violetta sorry I'm violetta. violetta and yes. you're from chechenia no chile Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds similar now, but I'm from Chile. <laughs> uh, okay. And we want to introduce um, there is another person from Kuli Pipak. Um, and we want to pass the, um, the microphone to her. Hello. Yeah. And what's your name? Ayun. Huh? Ayun. Yeah. Yeah, that's my name. Oh. Okay. <laughs> Um, and you were in QDP Park as well. Um, I'm not necessarily a fixed um, okay. entity of the organizing team. Okay. I'm just there on the sidelines. <laughs> okay. Um, we want to introduce LGBT Asylum. Um, we've got Hanne, uh, whom we want to tell us a little bit about about you. Yeah. 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 Hello. Hi. My name is Hanne, and uh, I'm from LGBT Asylum. Yeah. Uh, and I'm an activist in LGBT asylum, uh, yeah, and a, a contact person in the group, yeah. Yeah, and and um, do we want to introduce your guest? Because you you're, you are <laughs> our guest, but then you you bought a guest then as I well. I have a guest. I can introduce my guest. I think I'll, I'll ask my guest if, if she wants to say hi. Hi to the listeners. I've just come to the Bridge Radio to say something about the LGBT asylum. Yeah, and if you have uh, things to add to what I say, you'll, you'll, you'll jump in, right? Definitely. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Yeah. Don't hesitate. <laughs> <laughs> um, yes, and then we want to introduce my, my friend, um, uh, William. Uh, he's another person whom we work with at the Bridge Radio, but today he's a guest from LGBT asylum as well. And yeah, tell us about yourself. Uh, thank you so much, uh, as a soldier. Uh, my name is William, a member of the Bridge Radio team and also a part of the LGBT community in Denmark. You know, like I was saying <coughs> this afternoon, I don't know, I was a little bit feeling a little bit dazy this evening, you know what I mean? Because, you know, a little bit sleepy. So some questions come to me. Like, I remember when the, there was a governor I was running for, for, for state power in America, you know, somebody asked him, oh, Mr. Governor, you want to be the governor for the state? Uh, do you, what, what is your plan that you have to solve the problem of Elipo? Elipo in Syria, you know? Yeah. He said, what's, what's your plan to, 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 to bring about uh, some peace in Elipo? So he was like, what? What is Elipo? What do you mean by Elipo? You know, so he like, he was in the studio, but he didn't even know what Elipo was, so it was a little bit difficult. Yeah. So, I'm so happy to be here today, and uh, thank you so much for coming, and we are all happy to be here to discuss about what affects us as people, the LGBT community, and also, you know, the society that we live in. Thank you so much, yep. Mr. Hezo Soja. Now, um, Thanks for having us, but 
can I, I forgot to like, can I introduce, maybe we should tell what LGBT asylum yeah. is. Um, yeah, I was just gonna oh, come sorry. Yeah. that, but you can, you can I thought now. I was the one that yeah. forgot. <laughs> okay, sorry. Yeah, but LGBT asylum uh, is a group that's about people that seek asylum in, Gen- in Denmark uh, and also people that are refugees. That means that they already have permits to stay in, in Denmark that are here in the country because of, uh, they fled for reasons for their sexual orientation or their gender identity and and that is why they're here as asylum seekers or refugees and the the group is about that and yeah. it kind of has two important parts i think it has one social part which is very uh, important to the members because people feel very isolated in the asylum system but also afterwards if you get asylum you feel quite alone so yeah, the social like, part yeah. that's super important That's what we do. And then there is a part about counseling and about your asylum case and about your rights as a refugee, where there are often issues that's uh, combined with the fact that you are uh, not straight and that you are not necessarily uh, fitting into the gender norms, which can no. give you troubles both in the in the housing, in the asylum system, but also when your case is handled um yeah and 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 you try to um you try to make this community so that the lgbt asylum seekers can can feel safe as well right so it's it's not only about legal advising or no. anything it's more of coming together as well i think that the social part has proven to be in the beginning we were very much about the case we started uh, four years ago and we were very much about the case and that was the kind of thing that was driving but i think it seemed that to many of the refugees and asylum seekers the social part actually proved not maybe equally but very important because people feel super alone uh yeah and i also think that now we're on the bridge radio and of course it's important to say that People that are out there in the census and that might feel stigmatized or alone are very welcome to contact us always. Yeah. Even if you're insecure, if it's something for you, then you can always figure that out. But did you want you want to add something? Uh, yeah. To add on that one, in that, to add on that one, in that group we are like a family. We share many problems with our contact people. So everybody who is there who is lonely and is a or she or he is a LGBT. She's she's way she's welcome to come and join us. Um, we just we just having um, a little trouble with um, with our microphone, but I think we we just we got it. Um, <clears throat> all right, and so that those are the two those are the two groups that we have in in the house today. The P Park and the LGBT asylum, but um, I just want to I, I just want us to talk about the the Article 21, which is um, the Charter of Fundamental Rights, and it says that non-discrimination um, embraces a positive task for the member states to eliminate anything which produces unlawful distinctions in society or concrete handles towards achieving equality now this is the law that 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 everyone is equal but my question is um to all of you do you think this law is effective in denmark 
towards LGBT people. And I'll go with QDP PAC. Actually, I'll go with Andalina first. Do you think this law, that, that, that non-discrimination law, do you think it's effective towards you as a, a, an LGBT black person? I think more from um, just the vantage point of everybody is equal before the law. I think that it's not necessarily effective. No. Just generally, not just to me as a uh, as a queer person and um, a woman of color. Also because personally, I have been here for a relative, relatively short amount of time. Yeah. And... And it's quite obvious that the law doesn't treat everybody equal because to come into this country with my nationality, and I'm sure with the nationalities of other people, is incredibly difficult. True. And there are all sorts of, of barriers, all sorts of, um, of, I don't know, yeah. all sorts of things that make it difficult. So yeah. you... I mean, you're coming into this country, which already is quite difficult, and even just from a financial point of view, but then they make it increasingly difficult for you to seek asylum here yeah. um, on the basis of also just plain anti-immigration sentiment. Yeah. So I don't think that it's the law effective. is effective. No, and, and I think um, the discrimination that you face as a queer person of color mm. it's different from um from from Hannah mm. I would say like do you think that law is effective the the non-discrimination yeah I would say also like it's important to say and now this is radio <laughs> yeah. so like uh, I'm 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 white yeah. and so I uh, don't know what it's like not to be white and True. and I think uh a lot of my activism and a lot of my viewpoints is about uh, intersectionality. And to me, that means that we are experienced different things. And I will never know what it's like uh, not, to, not to, to be white. And I will never know what it's like not to have a permit and not to have that security. No. Uh, I will know what it's like uh, not to fit into uh, the norm. I will know what it's like to be a woman and I will know what it's like to be uh, a queer person and a lesbian. But uh, there's a lot of things that I will never know. So my experiences are, of course, uh, different. different. Um, but but I, I mean, I mean, it's, it's Denmark. Do mm -hmm. you think you are accepted the way you are? Do you think everyone accepts you to be to come out as a lesbian? Like mm, well, I think that actually asylum and being a refugee is a good example of how the law is not equal and can never be equal. No. Because, and because uh, in that way, asylum is, is good to talk about because uh, um, laws are made by primarily uh, white people, primarily by males. And that's the, the way it has been for a long time in history. And that also means that they are written by these people and in their way of viewing the world. 
And asylum and asylum politics is actually very interesting in that way because you can see that the law, yes, it's a letter and it's written so that it cannot be misunderstood. That's the thing about law, that you do that. But the way it's written does that the, the reason why primarily men run, the reason why um, traditional motive that men would have, like running from war, running from politics, yeah. that's easy to read in the law. But the problem we have in LGBT asylum is like, that's reasons to run that has about your gender, that has about your sexual orientation, that has about your identity. And the law is not written for that, which no. means that there is a lot of holes where the Danish government, in this case, now we're talking about Denmark, yeah. but where Western government, they can slip out. Whoop, whoop, whoop. Yeah, and it's yeah. funny enough that all the reasons to run that is mostly about queer persons, LGBT persons and women, they're rejected. So like, for instance, also trafficking, trafficked women, yeah. they, they might, I don't know, can you measure suffering, but they would be suffering equally as people that flees for politics or from war. But just funny enough, like not haha funny, but why is the law all of a sudden written so that they don't get recognized, no. right? So when you read the numbers in Dan Danish asylum, most people that come here, they get permit. That's the fact. And you're like, oh, like some 79% gets to stay. What's the problem? The problem is that the rest, like those 21% or whatever, they're all the people that are rejected. And they are mainly rejected because they don't fit into that hole. Yeah, because yeah. Danish asylum <coughs> rule and asylum system is so that not a lot of people come here just uh, for whatever. Yeah. People that come here, they actually come here to seek asylum. Yeah. They have genuine reasons to run. Yeah. So, no, in that way, I don't think the law is ever equal. No. And then my problems, my personal problems, they're like <laughs> not serious. They're about being spat at in the street or treated crazy at work or something. They're not real problems. But they're in like in a microcosmos. Yeah. They are just a projection. Does that make sense? Yeah. yeah. Of the same big, like major problems yep. that some people around this table are seriously experiencing, right? Definitely, definitely. Yeah, and that pisses me off and that's why I'm an activist, yeah. right? Because I think it's unfair, it's not solidarity, it's, it's not everybody being equal. Yeah. No, it, it, it isn't. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, <laughs> stop me when I talk too much. I think it's also important to mention that I think that, that in Europe and in, and in Western society there's also been uh, an understanding of what it means to be an LGBT person, a queer person, and that there are some frames that say, okay, this is how you should experience coming out. This is how you should experience moving through the world as a lesbian, as a queer person of color, as a trans person, as a as a as a like gay man. And when I think that uh, having a different experience and interpreting what sexuality is and experiencing experiencing kind of being. <sighs> being queer in a, from a different perspective can also be difficult when, when people try to fit you into how you should yeah, perceive or how you should... Yeah, putting you in certain boxes or something. So, for example, like this thing of... of in like I think that there's um, this understanding that, that queer people of color... Or like queer people, they come out of the closet and they have this amount of time when they're like thinking, is this me? Is it? There's this understanding of like how how queer identities should work. And yeah. I think that that's, um, 
here in Denmark and here in Europe, there is a very, very Western understanding of, of sexuality and of gender, whereas in other parts of the world you express yourself differently or you, you um, move through the world differently. You, you, you know, like, and, and when you don't fit into the boxes that the Danish like, system and the Danish law is trying to, to like, uh, look at you through, it's just difficult to, to uh, like, fit into those boxes somehow. Yeah, and, and it's probably different from, the, I mean, i think that you get a different treatment in chile and in in denmark i don't know i i don't know i've never been to chile but what do you think do you feel safer in denmark or in chile when it comes to um being being queer Mm, I think it's very important to remember that I'm also not only queer, I'm also a lot of different things. So, for example, here in Denmark, I'm perceived as an immigrant. I'm perceived as a as a woman of color, as a queer woman of color. Yeah. And when I move on the streets, I'm not only a queer person. I'm also a lot of other things, a lot of other experiences. Uh, and I'm something different here than I'm in, in Chile. So in Chile, mm. I would, for example blend in more easily because people look like me i i you know like i look like the average whatever maybe not really but like i i, <laughs> I still blend in easier yeah. you know so so um on the streets in chile i wouldn't experience like me as the the like color of my skin i wouldn't experience racism for example on the, on the streets in chile um which i do here on in in copenhagen so like yeah. To my queer identity, I'm a queer a queer person when I walk in the streets, but I'm also everything else. Um, so even though I I might not one day maybe be called a name because of my because of my expression, my gender or my no. sexuality, I might experience another another you know like somebody saying a, a racist comment or or just you know. But I think it's also important that when these questions are posed, to not present uh, Denmark or any other. Western context as yeah. a as a sort of uh, haven that it's such a great thing that you came here because all those barbaric people in your country are out to persecute you because it's happening here as well and let's yeah. not forget that a lot of the um, the sort of because queerness itself is something that has existed in our context and i say ours as in like non-western context for thousands of years yep. you know it there were parts of societies and then how uh homosexuality that was pathologized and that was sort of constructed here in the in the west you know and then taken to what is part of the colonial project is what led to the persecution of of queer people it's yeah. not just we we started off killing each other left right and center and then we had to come to denmark to seek sanctuary no and and um yeah and i sometimes think that the only difference between um uganda and denmark is that in denmark you're not going to be prosecuted for what you're doing but in in my perspective you'll be hated you know so so I think that's the difference that in Uganda, if you're caught, you know, you're going to be prosecuted, which is not going to happen here. But there is a lot of discrimination 
I think. Yeah, I think I would like to comment on on that with like the story about oh good you came to Denmark because it's so safe here and now you're away from what is bad. Like um that that story, that way of thinking. It's a very uh, comfortable and very nice way for like uh Uh, the 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 power structure in Denmark, like the people that are in power, the people that tell the story Denmark tells or Western countries tells about themselves. It's very convenient. It's very comfortable because it makes uh, it makes a story that is understandable for us and of of, of Danish people's telling about ourselves as a safe country where everybody is evil. And then it 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 points it points the attention away from the way the world really is because yeah. what is really not nice about the world is that it's complicated it's True. not easy to understand and you can't make easy assumptions about everything oh you're like that and i'm like that like like violetta said we are all around this table a great many things right we some of us are women some of us are, uh, are black some of us are white some of us is something else some has religious beliefs some has not yeah. and that is what's interesting about humans but it also makes it difficult but a story like that when danish goes around to each other and says oh everything is well here then you can point at someone else and say there is the problem yeah. and then you don't have to look at your own problem yeah. because really the way asylum seekers the way i see lgbtq asylum seekers being treated in denmark it's not much better than the yeah. way that people are treated in uganda people come here and they're treated horribly they're left yeah. alone and they're not like taken care of the way they should no. and even if you're so lucky you can get a visa to come here because the way indirectly the danish states puts this into a system is to keep people out of here to get the right they have yeah. like right now what what's going on in chechnya like uh, lgbt persons are like being systematically persecuted yeah, I, and I, denmark I, goes out and say blah 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 critic criti- criticism criticism but really you're not you're not giving these people a possibility to no. come and get the protection which is written down in that article. True. So you see? True. <laughs> um yeah, um we just wanna I just wanna go on and this um and and I just wanna talk about LGBT asylum seekers and 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 actually it's for William um like how it is to seek asylum um on 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 LGBT um on LGBT ground you probably know um better like how was it for you like how was the treatment and how did it go thank you so much uh, Avin. i think uh, like other like many other people in denmark who are in the asylum process uh, all the all the asylum seekers in denmark have their own challenges that is unique to their 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 identity to their experiences, to whatever they have fed back home that made them to come here. And we've been listening to uh, uh, some of our friends here in the studio right now. They've been talking about uh, uh, how people in the street appear in different, different ways. She talked about in Chile, nobody can discriminate against her because of her color, because she's a Chilean. But in Denmark, she can be discriminated against because of her race, you know, a woman, you know, a colored woman, you know, a black man, you know, a lesbian, a gay. And what a few, but uh, to 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 be very much uh, uh, straight on the issue, uh, the LGBT asylum process in Denmark is not really uh, encouraging. You know, no, it's not encouraging because uh, I think the LGBT asylum uh, 
uh, seekers in Denmark, they had like less of the priority among the asylum seekers. You know, when they are when they are looking at the asylum seekers in Denmark, I think when they try to uh, put them in categories, I think the priority goes more to you know people whom they classify as those that range from war, from the Middle East, or from uh, for somewhere. So I think the cases in Denmark, the asylum cases in Denmark, is more concentrated on people who actually range from war. They are not really taking into consideration people who range from uh, some kind of abuses or threat on their life because of their sexuality, which is a shame, no. you know, because uh, when you try to make uh, 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 analysis about the reputation of Denmark on the world stage, you know, Denmark had a very, it has, I think, I, I would say it had, because I think it, it, it's, it's gradually losing that uh, that position right now because of the, uh, the, the treatment towards people. Uh, LGBT. Denmark is a rainbow country. We see that uh, even the every day uh, they're hosting some very nice show here in Denmark, like a kind of a, a party, like you know stuff about LGBT, about queer, about people with uh, you know, different sexuality in Denmark, which is a showcase, you know, for the world that people can see and feel that uh, Denmark actually is on the path of LGBT protection, but. The actual fact of the matter is that LGBT asylum seekers in Denmark are of less priority to the authority. Yeah. And that is the reason why uh, the LGBT asylum seekers have been, you know, de- I would call it, detained in asylum centers among very huge crowd of people, some of them whom we are ran from in our country. Because when you look at the crowd in the asylum center, it's made of, of thousands of thousands of people who came here because of their own problem but when you look at the lgbt community in the asylum center they are like a minority within the whole you know in the whole block of asylum seekers in denmark so they are at a greater risk in the asylum center because most of these people with whom they live in the asylum center are very more homophobic mm. so it's it's, it's it's very terrible to like uh, put a few handful of people who who ran from a lot of uh, tribulations back home due to their sexuality and take them again dump them in the hand of the same people they are ran from yeah, I mean, it's a shame, you know? Yeah. It's a shame and uh, it's, it's, it's very terrible. And uh, when you try to explain it to the authority, the authority, maybe they have a different ear to understand, but I think the LGBT community in Denmark are at a very bigger risk right now. Yeah. yeah. And and I want to, I wanna, I just want to, to understand, um, um, I just want to understand your perspective. Being a les being a lesbian, <laughs> being a lesbian, and you are, and you stay in the camp, it's really difficult. Mm-hmm. You cannot have anything like uh, you like you cannot talk to other people like to come out and tell them that me I'm I'm lesbian. If you come out and tell them, you can lose friends. And in Denmark, when you're a lesbian and you don't have the pass, you cannot go to someplace anywhere, anywhere. No, no. they just take you like nobody in the club or in the club everywhere no you yeah you can't yeah. go anywhere yeah no. and mostly mostly when you were black yeah 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 it's very difficult yeah and the, the point that she made just now about losing friends when people get to know about your sexuality is very much or uh, very much obvious mm. because i have been victimized by that on some other occasion you know I've been to so many asylum centers in Denmark and everything I felt in the asylum center was fully homophobic and whenever you try to give the complaint to the staff in the asylum center, they just keep telling you, say, we don't have solution. In fact, this camp is the best camp that you are in right now. How can you classify the camp to be the best camp when somebody cannot sleep at night? 
you know, I, w I, w I was changed from, uh, from lastly, I got changed from the what a place named uh, Hosty Broad, and I came to Armstrong, and I was in Armstrong. So the mm. question is, the law in Denmark does not protect LGBT asylum seekers, they only protect the other people. So the law in Denmark about LGBT is just like a showcase. It's just like a, a cosmetic kind of law, you know, on the surface, it looks so nice, the paint is so beautiful, but in the, the, the in total, in the, the law system, is very yeah. much, is very much, you know, devastating for LGBT in Denmark. It's not yeah. safe, actually. Yeah. Um. I think, I think, I think, I think maybe, I think maybe it's a good atmosphere now, right? I think maybe I can elaborate a little bit on what uh, William says yeah. about uh, yeah. how we would uh, talk to the authorities about that, because maybe people also thinking uh, why you're not uh, trying to to like do something more about this. And yeah. and one of the way we like to work in this group is that we work together, uh, activists, contact persons, uh, and asylum seekers and refugees about trying to talk to the Danish authorities about this and yeah. and and like William says on the surface everything looks so nice and the rules are okay and that is actually also the truth right in my opinion that the rules are probably okay but but maybe it's the willingness behind to actually want to change something to actually want to understand something yeah. that's the problems we we had what we try to do is we try to have meeting with immigration who's like the 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 organization that's like on top responsible for accommodation uh, of asylum seekers and accommodation is a big issue for lgbt persons and they are actually to my honest opinion but it can only be my guess but they are actually wanting to listen wanting to have meetings with us because it's not just one meeting we come in and we never talk to them again no. we have like communication with them and they want to answer but to understand, maybe try to understand what's going on is that they are extremely pushed and they are in a system with many, many people flowing in. Yeah. And what they don't want to do is they don't want to take special uh, hensoon, special, special like care or special like care of special treatment. groups, right? Yeah. They have a women's center and that's it. Yeah. And that's like taking care of women as a group. Uh, and that's lucky for, for the lesbian women and for the trans women. But for the whole rest of the group of, of gay men and trans men, you're just left in, yeah. a, a, in a big mill of, 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 of a, a accommodation that's not taking care of you. No. Because the things that William says is the fact that goes around that gay men, for instance, but also sometimes trans men, are just pushed around from center to center to center to center because sooner or later someone is going to find out that you're a gay man yeah. if you don't go undercover. And then you are going to get harassed and get mocked. And then what they do is they move you to another center. And it's extremely stressful. Yeah. So the result of this is that a very vulnerable group is just pushed around and not protected. Yeah. Like we've seen yeah. like trans men being accommodated in a room with uh, other cis men sharing a bathroom with no lock on the door and stuff like that. And it's not in an evil opinion. It's not, it's like this picture you have, what is uh, righteousness and what is equality? Yeah. Like three children that are not the equal height standing on the same <laughs> no. kind of chair. So it's not that we as a group is asking for special treatment, but we're asking for equal treatment. We're asking for that you as a trans man, of course, is accommodated as a man, but not in a room with three other cis men that you don't know that you have to share the bathroom with, yeah. with no lock on the door, because that's just 
not okay at all. And it's not okay that William had to move from one, two, three. How many senses are you up now? countless. I don't know it's where countless. I'm going next. Because like you told me, <laughs> yeah. like you told me something very beautiful once you said, I ran away because of this. And I don't want to go back into hiding. But the result is that if you want to have like a kind of decent life while you're waiting, yeah, you, you have, have to, to be in the closet to, yeah, because else it's just trouble. Yeah, and, right? and, and then there is no point to leave your country being persecuted and then come in a place where you ha you have to hide your sexuality as well. Anyways, we want to take a break and we'll play some music. Again, you can listen to us on on www.thebridgeradio.com auto.dk <laughs> and <laughs> and follow us on our <laughs> Facebook group. And yeah, we were coming back with more more questions and more topics to talk about. And it's Ivan, he's a soldier. Thank you. Your words have no meaning Cause you continue to do the same thing Now sorry is a sorry word Look at all I've done for you Come with your sweet talk You call me a sweetheart And every day you break another piece of my heart you're sorry, but sorry's not good enough for me, baby. I'm sorry that you're sorry, but sorry can't dry my tears, lady. Each time we fight, you come with your same story. Now you're sorry, but I'm sorry because I can't accept your apology. You say it, you say it, but you don't mean it. You say it, you say it, but me not believe it. You say it, you say it, but you don't mean it. You say it, you say it, but me not believe it. Where you want me for do, you way too repetitive. Me versus you, everything competitive. I know some of what I feel Now when I'm hyperactive, you say you want me treat a right girl. Look at what you give. Hear about my feelings now. You know no time for me. Loving where you say you want, you know have a divine for me. One of the things me and true the grapevine, you see. When me confront you, I one bag a lie, you see. You say it, you say it, but you not mean it. You say it, you say it, but me not believe it. You say it, you say it, but you don't mean it. You say it, I be attacking. Hey, I'm sorry that you're sorry, but sorry's not good enough for me, baby. I'm sorry that you're sorry, but sorry can't dry my tears, lady. Each time we try, you come with your lame story. You're sorry, but I'm sorry because I don't want your apology. Every day. Excitement up your drama. People have with business on the corner. Okay, anytime them call my name, but as them call your name, you're quick for calling me informer. What kind of life is your mukiambada? Walk to the niceness, you know, so you get maga. All they bring a crisis, crisis, because I'm staying. It's like waiting disaster. You say it, you say it, but you don't mean it. You say it, you say it, but me not believe it. Say it, you say it, I'm here talking. You say it. won't do for me baby i'm sorry that you're sorry but sorry can't heal my wounds baby each time we try you come with your same story now you're sorry but i'm sorry because i don't want your apology Yeah. 
you continue to do the same thing. Words have no meaning. Oh, you say it, you say it, but you're not meaning. You say it, you say it, but me not believe it. You say it, you say it, I'll be attacking. Principle, the principle of equal treatment is um, is a fundamental value for the EU, which is going to great lengths to combat homophobia and discrimination based on sexual orientation. But what is what is homophobia? Um, if if you don't know what homophobia is, like homophobia is um, is a, a mixture of negative feelings or attitudes. Um, towards LGBT people, um, we just want to talk about um, LGBT asylum again. Um, we, I just, there are people who want to know how how Denmark actually treats these cases. How is the procedure for an as- asylum in general? Not not all, only LGBT, but in in general, how is the procedure? Yeah, so uh, when you come to Denmark, this is like gonna be like law lecture, <laughs> very basic. I'm not a, a lawyer who knows anything about the law, but yeah. asylum process and asylum law is 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 quite simple. Um, when you come to Denmark, first you're in what's called like phase one. That is the first short phase, which is to decide to decide whether your case will be treated in Denmark or not. And that goes uh, for uh, uh, an interview uh, about that at immigration. And that interview also will be used in your asylum case. But it's kind of a, a shorter and I say like shorter like that because it's very long it can be a whole day but it's kind of an interview that is to decide uh, mostly focusing on the way you came here and and the reasons why you left your country so to decide whether your case will be treated here or not Um, and there can be uh, um, uh, more uh, interviews uh, before your decision being made. But if Denmark decides to treat your case, then you move into phase two uh, and, and get your case uh, treated here. Uh, if if Denmark doesn't decide that, then they can say that you obviously didn't have a reason to go and they send you straight back, which uh, like goes for uh, some refugees with inside Europe, for instance. Um, yeah. And they can also use the Dublin Convention to send you to another EU country to have your yeah, case treated. Yeah. Before yeah? we go further, sorry oh, to yeah, interrupt. No, no. Would you, can, can you just explain to us what the Dublin regulation is? Oh, yeah. Well, I can do it the best I can. Yeah, but there might also be other like, people in the room that knows more than yeah. me. But it's, 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 it's because the EU has uh, kind of the EU countries made a deal that we are together in treating asylum cases. So if you enter the EU per se, your, country, your, your asylum case is to be treated in the first EU country that you enter. So that if you enter the EU, for instance, via Spain, and your fingerprints are taken there because then... Denmark can prove that it was you entered in Spain. Then Spain has to to treat your asylum case, um, mm. and that means that even though you then travel through Europe to Denmark and claim asylum in Denmark, then Denmark will, in this first phase, decide you have to go back to Spain. Yeah. And then, since the refugee crisis, where a lot of people came in and 
a lot of the asylum, these asylum agreements within Europe broke down because there was such a massive amount of uh, asylum seekers. Yeah. Then some to some country, Denmark decided, okay, it's so bad here. In Greece, for instance, there, is, there isn't a treatment of asylum cases in Greece now that we will not send people back to Greece. And I guess for some cases, like countries like Italy and Hungary are also on the on the limb for that now, but I think that people are sent to Italy. Yeah. Uh, but actually, I'm not quite sure about no, that. But that's no. like in general about it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I just wanna, I just wanna because um, Violetta, you spoke about um, Curie paper. I'm sorry, you actually didn't finish the do you want the whole asylum, um, asylum process i can try to do it shorter yeah can you yeah. just try then you have a shorter. second you have the first interview to decide <laughs> yeah. whether your con- your case is being treated here or not if they decide to do so you move into phase two in phase two you have a second interview which is longer and on, on basis of these two interviews immigration is the first instance of asylum in denmark will decide whether they grant you positive or not if they say yes then you have permit to stay in Denmark. If they say no, then automatically your case is moved on to the Refugee Appeals Board. And the Refugee Appeals Board will then, is like kind of a small judge. And then they will make the decision whether your case is positive or not. And if they say no, then you have no appeals possibility, and then you have to leave Denmark. Yeah. And then if they say yes, you have asylum in Denmark. But that's very <laughs> rough. That's very fast. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, but that's it. All right. So if you didn't know how the asylum process goes there, you know. But I mean, maybe then if you're really interested, you should search for the yeah, knowledge. Yeah, you can, yeah, you can actually look into it at New in Denmark, right? That's the website that you can find, like, the asylum process and everything. Yeah, I think I would recommend, like, uh, Refugees Welcome has a small flyer that does a very good tour of the asylum process uh. and also give you good advice because in this process there is a lot of things you have to take into precaution and just in general the number one rule is to speak the truth yeah and and the problem is why people get rejected often there's a lot of reasons and it's complex but you can see when you go through the system and you don't have a lawyer in the beginning and maybe you're scared and maybe a human trafficker told you all kinds of rumble and rumors and you don't know Denmark maybe you come from Uganda for mm. instance many of the LGBT asylum seekers does and the country just works in a whole different way the way you talk to police the way you talk to authorities are different different places in the world yeah. so you need advice so yeah. I would recommend that you you seek advice immediately and that you uh, if you are an LGBT you seek advice with us because we're the best with that, yeah. <laughs> no, with LGBT asylum. And That's if you are a general asylum seeker, I recommend you, you seek advice, legal advice with Refugees Welcome or Dansk Flygtningehjelp Refugees, Danish Refugees. Yeah. <laughs> uh, because, yeah, you need some good advice from Danish, from people that are Danish and that know Danish system. Like, for instance, tell the truth, don't lie. Don't follow the advice for human traffickers no. because that's the <laughs> that's not a good idea. Yeah, yeah. Um, William not. <laughs> no. So, but um, about the Curie Pea Park, mm-hmm. the you said the what, what can you because the question actually mm-hmm. I just can you just define what what Curie Pea Park is like in in full like? I think um, like listening to all of our stories, um, I think that. Um, 
usually there's a common kind of experience that is that uh, people might experience discrimination for being a person of color or feeling alienated, feeling um, not at home, not at ease in the Danish society because you have different traditions, you speak another language, you look different, uh, you experience racism or discrimination. Um, but also sometimes in our own communities of color or our own, uh, how to say, like, um, yeah, communities of color. For me, for example, in, in the Latin American community that I grew up in, I also experienced a lot of homophobia. And just as, as Danish, you know, like white Danish people do in their community, but I experienced it in my in my Latin American community. Um, and I've heard also a lot of other people say that they experience, they experience racism, they experience uh, like discrimination in Danish society, and then they experience homophobia in their own kind of community. So I think that for, for the QDBPAC festival, it's really important to to acknowledge that and say that right now we want to come together as a community of people of color. So for me, for example, it's really important to f be able to express my queerness also in Spanish, say like dance cumbia all night with, with other Latin American queers, you know, and, and be able to be my Chilean self, my Latin American self, and also be my queer self. Yeah. But, but wh why do you think mm -hmm. there is a need to separate, to separate? Because if, let we say let we say honey mm. and and what why should we separate the mm. colors though mm. i think first of all i think like because the 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 qdb park festival is is only for for queer pe people of color so it pff, we are not going to stand in the door with a guard saying like, okay, let's let's look at these pictures. Are you white? Are you this? Are you that? It's not like that. We just encourage people of color to come to our, queer people of color to come to our festival because there's not a lot of spaces where people can be, where people can can share these experiences, you know? And, and I think that we use separatism, like we call it. We use it as kind of a, a method or like a tool to be able to to feel safe and create community with a lot of people that that might feel alienated from many different parts of of society. Um, and it's not ideal. It's not something that we necessarily say that this is how we w wish society was. But right now we have a lot of experiences that that we need to work through and we need to like come together and. To be able to do that, we're going to use this tool to to talk about the things that affect us and, and not have to explain ourselves or not have yeah. to get the question. So uh, how is it in your country or how did you get here? Or, you know, like, how long have you been here? What have you know, like and, yeah. and talk about other things, you know? Yeah, <laughs> um, I just um, uh, in we go back to the I'm sorry, I just keep going forth and back so i don't know whether you, we'll, we'll you realize the pattern that are, <laughs> you realize the pattern but um i just there are people who want to know how is it to wait um for us for for asylum case like, and and how long does it take some can take some can take one year six months and and when you go for the interview, for example, when you are LGBT, you can have like six interviews, six interviews, and answering you, it's negative. And when they give you negative, you have to, to go back. They just have to tell you that you go back to your country. You have to go back to your country where you ran from to mm -hmm. come where they give you protection, and that protection were not given, you are not given to you. So that's how it is, and it's very stressful very stressful. Yeah, 
wanted to add on that, uh, you know, like you asked, the the waiting period in the asylum process is uh, is indefinite. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's no uh, specified time frame for for you to know that I will wait for this time or that time because pe- some people wait for six months, like she said. Some people wait for one year. Some people wait for two years. Some people wait for five years. Some people can even wait forever. So is 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 not is not is there is no uh uh. uh time frame uh, for, for waiting and uh, that is very frustrating because everybody that ran from this country to come here in asylum uh, uh, is also people like any other person and they should have the right to 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 choice to live mm. the right to be safe the right to to, to grow the right the right to develop themselves because if if actually you wanted to be sleeping or to be like inactive in your life, you should just stay to where you are and just keep sleeping, you know. Mm-hmm. But if you ran away, that means you have taken a bold step. That means you 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 have seen a vision of your life. You 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 have uh, seen something in yourself that you want to accomplish. That's why you ran away. Because if you didn't have any vision or any drive in your life, you should just stay there and be one of the scapegoat. To be beaten to death, or to be yeah. incarcerated, or to be you know treated anyhow. Mm-hmm. But if you can be able to uh, run away from your country, whatever ways you use to come here, whether by sea or you walk or you walk by legs, so or come here or you fly. But the 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 the, the 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 fact that you were able to stand up and escape your country and come this far should be able enough to communicate to the authority that this person has a vision. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so it's frustrating. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Um, about... Yeah, I think maybe also, uh, like, that you come to the system and you have a lot of waiting. But what's so peculiar about the asylum process is that uh, you wait and you wait and you wait and you don't know, like William says indefinitely, you don't know for how long you're going yeah. to wait. So if you even knew this date something is happening then all of a sudden a letter comes like say you waited three months or six months in the camp and then suddenly the letter comes, and then you have like a few days after that you have to go to the interview and then you go to the interview and it's very stressful it's for a long day so you you go for a long period without nothing happens and then all of a sudden something very important happens and boom down waiting again for a long time yeah and i <laughs> i cannot imagine what it's like but it must be on the paper super stressful, and it is. Old. It has also been looked into that you get sick from seeking asylum. It is too tough. You, you, it's not good for you. Um, and now, the reason why it's like this is it's very hard for Denmark to to uh, to predict how many people is coming. Like the year that many many people came, like fourteen thousand people came in one year and then the next year maybe only 7000 comes and then the next year maybe only 3000 comes so it's it is very hard for them to know how many people are coming and where they're coming from so it's hard to to make it it, it flow yeah. p- probably uh, when it's like that right yeah well that's those are like mostly the questions about the asylum or LGBT asylum. So if you are if you're thinking of applying for asylum, you you should you should take the you should think of the 
repercussions or the consequences as well before um, you go in. But now I just want to, before I bring out the this question, I want to go into some questions that I got from some people and um, there, I don't know, I just tried to, to pick a few that I think they're worth understanding. Now, there is someone who want to know what is a, a sexual orientation and, and, and I want to I want to send this question to to you. So someone, instead of just Googling what a sexual orientation <laughs> is. <laughs> yeah, they're like, yeah, what is sexual orientation? I don't think whether they trust Google. I don't know. <laughs> um, oh. I have I to say, I, I don't know it. It, it. it is true. How would you define sexual orientation? Because it's, I mean, it can encompass so many things. You can't just say sexual orientation is w what determines whether you're queer or straight. No. But narrowly speaking, if, if you were to be filling up papers and sexual orientation pops up, it's probably where you have to tick. <laughs> if you're straight or a deviant. <laughs> I'm just gonna Google it. <laughs> well, I think, I, I, I think, I think, I think, like, like you, like you said, uh, I mean, sexual orientation is, uh, is a kind of a, a, a question that, uh, that remains very much unclear because uh, like some time ago I was on the gay website, uh, I was browsing on Granel. You know, I received so many questions from people. They asked me, are you bottom or top? <laughs> <laughs> so, so, so I'm like, well, man, whatever I have bottom also have a top. So, <laughs> which, which, you know, <laughs> so, so well, I mean, it's, um, it's crazy. Well, Google Google says, I mean, uh, a, a person is sexual identity in relation to the gender to which they are attracted, the fact of being heterosexual, homosexual, or bisexual. But I mean, yeah, I think I think that's it because it's it's a hard question to answer. But anyways, we're just gonna move into another question. Now, this is a serious one, so it says. Um, do gay people usually come out and um, come out um, at work? And this is I wanted to ask this: that how was it for you to come out? How was the experience? And I think this goes um, goes for for all of you. And we will begin with. Um, firstly. I think it depends on the context that you are in, but also I personally have a problem with this whole um, concept of coming out. Mm. Like, why do you have to tell people about who it is that you're sleeping with at work? Um, I think I think when 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 they say come out, I think they mean it more as in how how was it to 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 tell someone that I think I'm attracted to to women or like that feeling. But I think that if you were to do that, hopefully it'll be with someone that whose trust you have and 
you know, there is some dialogue, conversation, like a friendship is kindling. I don't think that you sit next to a new colleague and, oh, and by the way, I think I'm, I'm totally macking on girls now. <laughs> like, I, like I, I think that this whole coming out thing is such a, I think it's actually such a, a problematic construct because mm. it serves as social control. As it is, we, there, are, there are so many things that we're confined to. Why is it that this needs to be introduced as something that is necessary for you to do, considering that we already are coming from a, a history of, yes, persecution, but, you know, as gay people, there have been... I mean, you could, you could have gotten fired. You lose your job. Yeah. And it's, it's still happening. And I'm not saying, like, don't come out so that you don't lose your job, but I just don't think that if you're qualified for the job then you do you. Why is there a necessity to create all of this charade around your personal life? Yeah. And I, I just want to think that, that I, think, I think people would define coming out in a different way. So I would define coming out as saying, telling someone that, hey, see, I'm, I'm gay, I'm bisexual, I'm transgender. And I don't think it has to necessarily be um, to tell them that, hey, maybe um, all I'm, I'm banging this guy or I'm banging this chick or something like that. So I'll, that's like, that's what I want to get, the reactions that, that you get. And I, 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 I respectively agree with you definitely that it's not nice that, we have this term that coming out because heterosexual people do not come out. So why should, you know, LGBT people come out? But it's there. And we just want to know about the how the feeling is. Mm, I think, like you said, something really important in the end is that, that I think there's a big pressure that is created on LGBTQ people to, to come out, like you said, because heterosexual people don't have to come out. And I think that that it's a, a pressure that also, yeah, it can create a, a lot of conflict. Um, but I think it's also important to remember that I don't think that there is one experience of coming out. I think that everybody has their experience. Everybody has their, their you know, because it, it depends on where you're, in your life or it, it depends on everything you know there's no one experience of yeah. coming out and and i think it's difficult to talk about it in that way because yeah we're all very different and we have different histories and different and stories think, and yeah and i think it serves as a, a form of policing queer behavior as well that there should be this universal coming out story yeah. you know i think that like violetta said there are so many we're so different, and I don't think that the this thing of coming out should just be something that happened by itself, you know. No. So I. But here's the thing, actually. Um, true, there are no like. Wait, but what I want to know about, um, yeah, experience. Coming out, coming out. Uh, as, as 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 a lesbian, it's not easy really it's not easy it's not easy for me it was it was very difficult for me when i was in africa but here it's okay i'm proud the way i am yeah so yeah but in africa you cannot just come out and say you know this and that if you just come out 
you you have to go to prison or yeah, you have to be persecuted. Yeah. You have to be chased out chased away in the in your community. Your family has to to chase you away, so it's very difficult to come out. Really. Yeah. yeah. You have to be hiding hiding every time when whenever you are with your partner, you have to hide. You cannot kiss in in public. No. In Africa, you cannot kiss like here. You kiss in public and no one cares. No. Yeah. And yeah, I think I think my uh, the 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 question about the uh, about coming out, I I I I personally did not have any experience of of the coming out because I have been out uh I have been out since I was born. And uh, I just know myself. If you don't know me, maybe when you follow my story, you will get to know me later. <laughs> so it, like the coming out was only to people who, are, who have been seeing me, but not me to tell you that I've come yeah. out because I'm out uh, yeah. since I was born, you know? I'm, I've been out since I was born. <laughs> there are some people like uh, maybe, maybe in the community. Uh, I, 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 one time I went to visit my, uh, my uncle, uh, and I was wearing a gold chain, but it was uh, it was it was uh, according to them. They see this gold chain is belong to the is a is a, a designed like for woman, you know. So I don't know wh- why it means for a gold chain to be designed for a woman because a chain is just a chain. Mm-hmm. And I I and I sometimes I I, I I dress the way I want to dress, and uh, my friend sometimes asks me, but uh, William, why is it that sometimes you just you just wear some clothes and you just looking like a woman? You don't know that this shirt is for woman. I said maybe when it is in the shop, the, it is a choice. If a man buy it, it's for man. Yeah, you know. <laughs> maybe when it was in the shop, there it's just for anybody to buy. If a woman buy it, then it's for woman. Yeah. So I don't know the difference between uh, what it means to be woman and to be man because I believe that every human being has a masculine and a feminine side. So if you follow me keenly, you will get to discover who I am. But I'm not going to tell you who I am because I am just who I am, you know? Yeah. yeah. True. What about, what's your point on this? <laughs> I, see you're very, <laughs> I see you're very quiet. <laughs> yeah, I try to kind of slim on. Yeah, no, I think a lot of interesting viewpoints about this comes up. Like coming out is something... LGBTQ persons has to do and no one else has to do it and that no. talks about that there is a norm that is around us everywhere we walk that we don't have the privilege to be presumed as who, no. whatever we are everybody assumes everybody's straight right yeah. and well fuck that <laughs> uh, and then again we should be out as much as we can because that will help fight that norm yeah I have this friend who's a teacher and she's out at her job, and many teachers in Denmark is actually not because it's trouble. It's you know it creates problems. Then you have these rumors going around, and maybe you'll have troubles with some parents or the students. But she's actually out. Yeah. And then she had this very 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 beautiful story that a young boy from eighth grade or something, he's been fourteen, came up to her yeah. and asked for help because he wanted to to he f- figured out he was a gay man, right? Yeah. And he couldn't have done that had she not been his teacher and been sure. out. So yeah. he, the way that she was out made it possible for him to have somebody to look at. Yeah, and, and I, I just, I, I, think, I think people should know that when, when someone comes out, that person is emotionally um, vulnerable as well. So, I mean, some, sometimes people are upset or overwhelmed or something. 
but I think they should keep that um, in mind as well. Can I add something? Yeah. Because I think that, like, also I think it's it's like many people around uh, have said that, like, it's possible to both both stay critical to this, like, coming out uh, question or, or, you know, like, this this thought about that everybody has a, a come out story that's very, like, there's a before and there's an after, kind of. Uh, <laughs> but I think it's also, and, and there are stories like that, but I think it's also for a lot of LGBTQ people, there's also the experience of the everyday coming out, the everyday having to to tell people about your personal personal life. Because people, for example, like you said, on the work in workplaces, um, I've experienced people asking me, so like, what are you and your boyfriend going to do this weekend? And I'm like, in that situation, I have to either lie and say, oh, no, we're just going to, you know, or say like, oh, no, hey, you know, I, I have a girlfriend, just, so you know. And that is, again, like a confrontation to, yeah. to you know, like yeah. to for somebody to be like, oh, yeah, I'm sorry, I didn't know. Or be like, oh, really? Oh, I, I didn't think, that. you know, like it's it's like this everyday coming out thing that's that's just as exhausting as, yeah. you know, like, yeah. Yeah. I um, like to have this. I should like to have the attitude of William in my general <laughs> life. I think that would, <laughs> ma- ma- yeah, that would make sense. Yeah. But I just want to talk about Kuri Pipak. I know we are um, out of time, but um, I just want to talk about Kuri Pipak. How, when, like, why did, like, how long is it, when, when, when did it begin? And why did you guys start it? Yeah, so like uh, Violeta said, it started three years ago, Mm -hmm. the festival, and it was about creating a a festival that was a celebration of queerness in bodies of color. Mm -hmm. And it's separatist because there is a necessity at this point in time uh, for, for queer people of color to feel, to feel safe and cherished and loved and to celebrate themselves. This is in no way a festival that sort of uh, is separatist, but then on the down low, we're also plotting to murder every white person. (laughs) It's just about celebrating a queer beauty that is not white. And about LGBT, oh, one second. So what have you guys achieved in this, in this, group in this organization as QDP Park? I think that like, yeah, it's the, the festival has been going on. This is going to be the third year. The first two years were in Berlin. And I think that one of the beautiful things that the festival can do, you know, you and LGBT Asylum were also talking about the social aspect of, of your work, that that's really important. And that's also what we're doing in QDP Park. We're creating a space where, where we can both talk about problems you know like how how to deal with different things we can also have fun we can eat food you know we can dance listen to music you know like so there's there's a lot of like uh, a lot of crying. definitely and and like the there's like the past festivals are both like a space of empowerment of emotion of grief of happiness and i think that every year i there's there's been like um uh, how do you say like uh, visitors or or like people that participate in the festival that end up in the end of, of the festival crying and be like, I was longing for this. I've been longing to, you know, like eat my plantain and dance cumbia and do this and still be queer and, you know, connect with people that speak my language, understand my culture, wear the same clothes as I do, you know, like... Yeah, um, exactly, because um, it, 
often in in like it often coincides that when when you are queer you sort of and you you get ostracized by your sort of nuclear community yeah. and you have to renounce culture mm-hmm. as well you know culture and religion spirituality exactly and i think that this is a space where you can reclaim that mm-hmm. as well you know that you can be completely gay and be and and have like and be very religious yeah. you know whereas like in mainstream society those two things are forced into isolation from each other. How has... Uh, like, uh, like uh, uh, I, I really like the point you make uh, about the, the religion or respect to uh, gay or, or, or homosexual. Uh, like uh, my impression of that, I think uh, uh, religion is a uh, is a kind of a uh, establishment that is uh, that that is mainly to uh, be kind of spiritual. It's a direct communication between you and your spiritual uh, 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 whatever you pray to. You know, so I, I have a problem when people trying to like intertwine uh, religion with sexuality. You know, because every every human being uh, living in this world is living here uh, in his own way, in his own form, existing in his own structure and in his own manner. And uh, everybody in this world has something that they pray to or they look to as a spiritual uh, establishment. So I don't think that religion should be like uh, having any kind of an impact of uh, uh, of a, a, a role to play in your sexuality. I'm a Christian, you know what I mean. I go to church. I go to church. I sit there. I, I don't. I don't. I don't behave suspicious. You know, they, when when you when you try to put at the back of your mind that religion is separate from your sexuality or from your identity, then you start to behave suspicious. And the more you start to behave suspicious, the more people look at you. <laughs> You know, but you just sit down and be yourself. When they are praying, you pray. When they bow down, you bow down, and, and you are just like them. You know what I mean? And that's it. Um, how? <laughs> how has LGBT um, asylum group has um, helped you with with the cases? Like, what has the group contributed to your? To your to your case and to your being in in the camps. Um, uh, my <laughs> my group has has really helped me a lot, mm. a lot, a lot, a lot. If it wasn't if it was if if it was an LGBT asylum, I wouldn't have been in this country right now. No, I, w- I would have been even m- maybe back in back in Uganda, maybe in killed or or in prison. But they have they have worked a lot, a lot, a lot for me, and they have done a lot, a lot for my case, a lot. And I can't say anything, but they have really worked for me a lot, a lot. Yeah. How, like, who started this LGBT um, asylum group? <laughs> well, well, actually, I, I was uh, one of the co-founders of the group, but together with other activists, uh, we were, uh, by coincidence, uh, I met a woman who was in the camp and who was a lesbian, and and her case was not fine at all. 
Mm. She didn't know where in the process she was. She didn't kind of know the name of her lawyer or anything. And we were a, a group of friends that was like, what? That cannot be true. That doesn't happen in Denmark. Like we had that story. Everything is fine in Denmark. What's the problem? And really seriously, we run around believing that the Danes. Yeah. We do. It's not like we lie deliberately. We do go around believing that. And it just turned out that that was actually the case for being an LGBT asylum person uh, seeking asylum in Denmark. And that uh, occurred uh, to us. So the group started out very, very small uh, some years ago, actually at the Pride, because more people were coming. There was a Ugandan theme. And we were like, oh, my God, we can't handle this. It was like two people or something. <laughs> and that's very <laughs> funny today. Uh, but like, oh, we have to organize. We have to start a group. And, and so we started out a, a group and it just went like, boom, because there were so many people and there was such a need for that. Yeah. Uh, and I well. think we really tried together as a group Uh, in spite of the differences like that people some come and are super privileged and are white and have permit to stay and some come and have a very uh, hopeless asylum situation hopeless case maybe been rejected but I think we managed because we actually have one common and that's like reaching across sections we all have the experience of being a minority in yeah. some way and i think we were able to use that as a group yeah. together uh, and create something really big and now today the group is is huge it's like some 30 50 refugees and 100 asylum seekers and yeah. some 40 people with the residency in denmark mm. uh, uh, being in the group so yeah. um i know there is this issue of lgbt um Asylum seekers being discriminated in camps. I don't know what have you guys, what have you guys done to try to change that? Like, I'm sure you've got cases like that where they come and say that they don't, they really don't like me in this camp because of my sexuality. What have you guys? Because I remember we were in a meeting sometime back and and Mess talked about it, but maybe other people should know as well. Yeah, like there are like. Uh like I said in the beginning, there are like two main issues in this group and one uh, leg is like being together socially and empowering each other and doing a lot of crying and doing a lot of beautiful things together and where people actually meet just to be all alone for your whole life and then walking in your first pride, like having the privilege for me to walk together with somebody that never saw a pride before, then you can laugh at pride and say it's commercial and whatnot. But for someone that's coming straight out of Sierra Leone or Uganda, whatever, to come to that, Liberia, and enjoy your first pride, that is something (laughs) that you should not underestimate. But then we also try to work with the Danish authority and we try to do it in a way where we, we try to be factual and we try to like kind of work together with those rules that we talked about in the beginning that are written by someone that's not LGBT. But we try to keep meetings and we try to talk in a like proper way to immigration. And there is one point about accommodation, which is really bad, but there is also treating the cases. Because when you come to all these interviews in immigration, you will probably be interviewed by a straight person. You will probably be interviewed by a person that has maybe never been to Uh, Middle East or Afghanistan or Uganda and they will ask question that shows like this is not a question about sexual orientation but it tells something about what it means when somebody that doesn't know interviews you so someone will say to a person that is uh, from 
in Uganda, oh, you must remember if it was in the winter. And that makes sense to a Danish person because you always remember if it was in the winter. But in Uganda, you don't have seasons. And that's not because that interviewer is stupid or evil. It really isn't. It's because we don't know. When Before I started this activism and was, again, together founding this group, we didn't know. I didn't know about these things. So if you don't know, you're not really guilty. And that's also the perspective we have when we work with the authorities. We try to explain, right? Um, yeah. Yeah. Does yeah. that make sense of what what we kind of yeah. do? Yeah. 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 That's 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 a very uh, a nice point. That you know, uh, she's a very strong lady, and uh, she's uh, you know we've been doing some things together. I think uh, she's been very much instrumental within the LGBT uh, world in Denmark. And sometimes I, I I think because today I'm I'm called the LGBT asylum seeker in Denmark. I think LGBT asylum has served as a as a label that we all are bearing right now. Or sometimes I think when I have asylum in Denmark, what else would I be called? What which name would they would they call me again? Because I don't want to change this LGBT asylum name. I just want to keep having LGBT asylum on me. You know what I mean? So even if I have a resident, I can still be LGBT asylum. You know, in Denmark. And uh, yeah, and that's a very nice uh, nomenclature. I really love that, and thank you for the nice job. And LGBT asylum has been very much great. Like you've been, you've been hearing, they've been doing a lot of great job. But the system is really pressing them down a lot. The system is not really giving them a breathing space for them to really expand their, their their tentacles and touch other places they're supposed to touch. Because there are so many cases in the asylum centers that sometimes I believe that it's a little bit stressful for them. Sometimes you call your contact person, you're like, oh. Now this one I don't know he will be like let me call back let me call but he don't call you, you don't blame him because he's already on a stress also yeah. like when you go for the interview like she says somebody will come and interview with not even a gay or a lesbian and they expect the person to interview you and then how should you convince such a person yeah so it's like you go to interview you uh, you feel like I don't have that energy to really convince you I will just tell you what what is the fact about me. It is left with you to write it down and tell it over to the authority. But I don't have that. I don't know why it takes to convince somebody who don't know who I am properly. You know. So these are these are some of the lapses within the within the interview uh, 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 system, the the, the 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 immigration system. Somebody interviewing you who doesn't know anything about you. He don't even know what it means to be gay. So I don't have that word or the energy enough to really convince anybody. Actually, I don't have the, the power to inter to to convince anybody why I'm here in Denmark. You know, because Denmark is just like any part of the world. And as a citizen of the world, I don't owe explanation to anybody to really explain to them why I'm here. Because if it is to really convince each other, I think the interviewer should also give me the chance to ask him to why is he also here? So that we can just, you know, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know, something like that. Yeah. Um, I would like to comment, I think that, uh, like to, to what you said, uh, about how nobody is like that innocence can't make you guilty or you said something yeah maybe <laughs> yeah. because i think that i understand that you have to have that perspective maybe like working directly with the authorities and and always being in contact with with the authorities that are creating these boundaries kind of but i also think it's important to remember that we also live in a society where 
like the West Europe owns like the means of production. They own like the the power in the world. They have an enormous power in the world. Um, they're robbing continents of their resources. They are creating wars. They're investing in in you know like weapons. They're putting weapons in in like our countries. You know they're they're like you know. <laughs> they're fucking the world up <laughs> and then creating creating like these problems so that people um come to europe and when people come to europe they just close them out so yeah. there's also a system this is a systematic thing this is not only about uh, anna maria is sitting there in in the immigration board and she is innocent because she is a person that didn't know it's i, I think that's a very like personal level but i think yeah. it's it's bigger than that and we need to remember that yeah. this entire society is, is structured that way so that you know europe has the power they have the money they like close people out of this and and they're robbing continents of everything you know they're creating these yeah. wars they're creating these conflicts. but i also think that at some point the narrative of oh but the average european just doesn't know I, I think that it's at some point this this need this bullshit needs to like step out. Mm -hmm. I'm serious because it facilitates so much behavior. I mean, it's it's so toxic because this pertains to so many spheres. It pertains to misogyny. It pertains to classism, to race, to everything. We just didn't know. Like, what kind of an excuse is that? Especially in Europe, where. <clears throat> Like you're saying, they they rob so many resources, you know, for the be for their own benefit, and then you get here, and people are so fucking ignorant, and you're just supposed to take that. Yeah. Um. You you have you have something more? I I know we are over time. <laughs> All right. But but I think this is is also yeah. super important no, and super interesting, definitely. because it's right. There is no excuse, and like. Uh, there should there is not a fucking sorry or apology that can make up for anything like that no the point i'm speaking from is like if you want to change people you have to change them to be solidary or to be your ally yeah and and in the work i do i'm not i'm not a very theoretical person i'm not a desktop activism <laughs> activist i'm 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 getting my hands dirty together with some people yeah. that are really in trouble and that also makes me very pragmatic and that can maybe make me a bit stupid if you can say that but if I want to change that system into taking different decisions and more well-founded decisions my my perspective is to talk to them and to assume that I have a chance of making them our allies and yes that is very naive and that is skipping the point that yes on the top the eu is very deliberately closing the border very deliberately making sure that in a structure and systematically people cannot get in no, but no. if we want to change that we have to talk to the minds of for instance the lgbt white lgbt community in denmark because seriously a lot of them, yes, they are very comfortable in this reality that's so nice in Denmark. But once they meet people that are very nice, that are like themselves, yeah. only they had different opportunities. Then I think, I'm so naive, then I think you see people change. Then you see people wake up, oh my God, can't everybody just get into Nevermind? Really? Yeah. I didn't know. Like, and that's a small thing. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. That's, that's just to explain the, w the way 
I want to change these things. And then, yes, maybe I might be very naive. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, that someone who doesn't know, never mind, is a, is <laughs> a, a gay bar. <laughs> it's a gay bar that had problems. And I don't know if they have any more, but they um, used to have problems with not letting people in yeah. with a asylum ID. Yeah. Um, yes, we just at the end of our program and <laughs> unfortunately <laughs> excuse me i have to <laughs> i have to to cut it um but i'm just gonna we're just make gonna yes make more programs we don't want to go tell oh yeah but just for everyone's i just want to give out just two seconds to explain how can we stop discrimination against lgbt people and i will begin with <laughs> okay i'll go with william first Oh, thank you so much, uh, uh, Evans. Thank you, everybody. Thank you for this wonderful occasion. I think it's a privilege that we are sitting here today to talk about ourselves and make our voices heard. I'm very grateful to all of you that have made this uh, 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 discussion a success today. Uh, my only point is that uh, sometimes I feel a little bit down when uh, another person, another human being, is putting another human being on the spot for several hours asking you to 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 justify your reasons of existing in uh, in certain part of the world you know i went somewhere uh, on a party and uh, i was just partying enjoying myself like any other person uh, i have some money on me and like any other person who is buying beer and we are all enjoying ourselves then another guy here walk up to me and asked me what am I doing here in Denmark? You know, so I was like, but is Denmark Mars or is it Pluto? Denmark is just part of the earth. Yeah. And I'm a citizen of the <coughs> earth. So why would you ask me what am I doing here? Mm-hmm. Suppose I also ask you what are you doing here? What can you tell me? <laughs> you know? yeah. So I don't think that so, anybody really have the, 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 the that that authority no. to really interview somebody. It should just be like a discussion. You, we just, you must say, just chatting mm. to just know about each other. But it should not be so serious that you want to really interview me for 10 hours to no. convince you while I'm in Denmark, yeah. actually, because Definitely. it doesn't make sense to me. And, I think um, I have the right, yeah. like any other person, to live anywhere in the world that I want to live. Yeah. The only thing that should stop me from going there is if I don't have transportation. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And, yeah. and so thank you so much. I wanna, how do you think, should we like stop discrimination? against LGBT people because it's very important that we find a way we find a way to at least to stop it so that you don't get you don't get asked questions like how do you do it you know because you never ask that way a heterosexual person right so how do you think we should you, how do you do yeah. how do you have straight <laughs> how long have you known that you've been heterosexual <laughs> No. Um, I think I think um, right now, what I really like concent- concentrating on is creating community for queer people of color, um, where there doesn't need to be explanations. There doesn't have to be these questions that you're talking about, William. That we can just be f- queer as fuck, brown as fuck, black as fuck, and don't like. Uh, you know, but it's a tough world out there, and and creating community can empower us and and allow us to to kind of develop 
uh, our own story and and say like this is what we want this is what we need this is this is the people that we are you know and i think that's super important and and especially in, like not especially but right now in europe i think that 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 is also coming together because there's a lot of people um living here and you know like we, we are a lot of people here a lot of people of color a lot of people that that have you know like uh, fled for d many different reasons and and i think that yeah community can strengthen us to go out in the world and maybe if we've been like two days or one one evening with our peoples and then go out to the street and somebody gives you a comment you're like oh fuck that i have my family at home i have my friends yeah, you know yeah. like yeah and I think that I agree with, with Violetta that it is about creating community and creating a very strong community because, I mean, as, as people of color and as queer people, we are oppressed in many different ways and it subsequently becomes very difficult to, to, uh, um, for people to let their guard down. You know, so I think that that's what needs to be focused on, and and hopefully then you know that will empower you sufficiently enough that you will be able to sort of take on issues around uh, anti-immigration or, or anti-gay sentiment, because I don't think that it's up to us to figure out how it is that we can necessarily combat yeah. like homophobia. You know, it's not like you you. you you congregate a whole bunch of black people and tell them how is it that you can fight racism that's not how it works we try that shit and you know we it's very obvious that that's not how it works i think that what we can do is maybe mobilize so that the dumbasses of the world realize that intolerance is bad children yeah. it's bad <laughs> <laughs> and we'll pass the microphone to you honey how do you think, how can we stop um, discrimination against LGBT people? Yeah, well, it is a, a big question. And yeah, yeah and I, d I don't think it's a quick fix. But I think it's been a really interesting program today because we yeah. touched on a, a lot of things. And I think, uh, to me, uh, personally, uh, I think it's it's interesting to to keep confronting norms and power structures like at, at, at general level and not maybe so narrowly an LGBT level and uh, to talk about things like uh, um, to, 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 to try to talk to these people that or us or everyone because everybody has privileges, everybody has resources. We just have very different privileges, very different resources. But to try to talk about what is going on. And like asylum is one field where you can keep talking and you can have different ways of, of addressing that uh, unfairness and that really unequal uh, sort where power and privilege is so unequally sorted mm -hmm. and there you can have different ways of tackling it and, and our way or my way is to, to, to keep talking to people and trying to uh, advocate for that we should show solidarity uh, with each other and also try to, to talk sense of the way uh, we see the world for instance into the Danish immigration system and, and yeah try to to talk and keep 
discussions about that and saying maybe we can change it that way around. And then others will have other perspectives like forming communities is one yeah. possibility. But I think you have to do a lot of different things. And I think also other kinds of activism can be in place. Yeah. But our kind of activism is very much uh, taking at hand with the individual asylum case and saying, uh, and that's our steering uh, is like we have this individual he or she has this asylum case. How can we work with the authorities to make it clear to them, for instance, yeah. that there are credibility problems because it's traumatic to talk about correction rape and maybe you don't tell it at first, stuff like that. And that's the way we work. And yeah. then there are other ways of working that also serve purpose. So I think you need to do many, many things. Yeah. Super. Um, that was our program today. It was LGBT Asylum represented by Hannah and William and, and, and Cutie, Cutie Peepak represented by Vale Violetta and Ayo. Ion. Ion. <laughs> Ion. And that was Ivan, aka is a soldier. You can listen to us at www.thebridgeradio.dk. Or you can follow us on our Facebook page. And you can follow me on my Facebook page. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> <He's> a soldier. <laughs> All right. Thank you very much and have a great evening.